0: Father in heaven, we ask tonight that as we deal with this subject, uh, the fight of our lives, what does that mean? And what does it mean to us in 2012 on March the 4th? And I think your word has a lot to say about that. And so we just want to be open to whatever that is for us tonight. Um, We want the word. We don't want opinion. We don't want a, a dazzling preacher. We want to be taught what God says because we actually believe. And even if we don't believe, some of us might be working on believing. But I believe that if you will demonstrate tonight for that person who may be weak in their faith, that your word has power. I ask that you will use me as a living example in this place tonight that there is power in the word of God. Thank you, Lord, for hearing and answering this prayer in Jesus name. And everybody said amen. Amen. And amen. Do me a favor. I, we gave you a white little piece of paper, and I'm going to tell you what it's all about. If you have it, just hold it up in the air like this. Let me just see you wave it. I would, I would have said wave your hand in the air and wave it like you just don't care, but I, I didn't want to take you back to where you, you used to be, amen, but I guess I did already. Um, this card is very important no matter who you are, if you're a member or not a member for a number of reasons. Uh, we got some exciting gifts that we're going to give away and we're going to give them away at the end. I, and I, from what I understand, they're Apple products, Nooks, all, all kind of tech, technological things that we have for you. And we're going to be pulling names for that. Number one, number two, we have a number of events that happen all throughout the year, and we just want to be able to keep you informed. Now, let me tell you right now, we gave you some options. Look down at this little card. We gave you some options. Somebody say options. Uh, say that a little louder, because I. All right, uh, yeah, we gave you some options. And one, you know, sometimes people don't want you to know their business. Amen. <laughs> No, they, I mean, you get enough junk mail already, right? Uh, so if you don't want to put your address, and then you happen to be a techie person, uh, just give us your Facebook uh, name or your Twitter account, and uh, we can keep in touch with you that way. Uh, if not, give us your address and your phone number. We want to keep you in prayer and put you on our list. We have a one-call robocall system that will call you and keep you informed as to what is going on. Amen? Uh, the other thing is, is uh, each night we use this card to make our decision on the Word of God. I believe that every time God's Word is preached or taught, that you ought to make some kind of decision about it. Either reject it, or think about it, or decide that you're going to follow it. And so we're going to give you those options, and by the grace of God, you'll get it. Amen? I want to do something. If, if you don't mind, I'm going to turn these lights down right here so that you can be able to see the screen a little bit more effectively. And do me a favor and turn off these spots. No, not those. They're out out in the hallway. There's some blue lights and uh, there's spots. There's those spots right there. All right. Tonight, I want to discuss a topic called the assassination of God, the assassination of God. Um, A lot of folk that I have come in contact with, and this is essentially why I want to talk about this, are mad at God. They're mad at God. Anybody know anybody like that? They're mad at God. They're mad at God for a number of reasons. Some people, and and let's understand something for a minute. I need you to hear me tonight. We have a lot of people in our society who are in a lot of pain. Zero in on me right now. I promise you I'll make this worth your while. We have a lot of people who are in pain because of the vicissitudes or the circumstances of life. I don't know how many stories I'm hearing over and over again from young people who have been molested or have been abused by people who claim that they love them. I'm I'm, I'm constantly hearing of families that had great ideas of how life was going to be great, but these families somehow have fallen apart because some husband decided to run off with another woman or some wife just got tired and said she's not happy anymore. Not to mention that there are many of us who have gotten sick and gotten illnesses that we never expected. Or let's just be real, life has happened. Anybody ever had life happen to you? Oh, come on, I need some help in here tonight. If you just say yes, if you've had life happen. Uh, somebody used to call it Murphy's Law. Some, every now and then, things just happen. They happen. They're unexplainable. And they just happen. And, and one of the things I, that baffles me is how God always ends up getting the blame for all the negative stuff that happens in our lives. To the extent now that the rising belief system, stay with me right now, everybody. Can I blow your mind for a minute? The rising belief system in the United States of America, a country that was founded on God. I want everybody to stay with me tonight. A country that was founded on God. We hope these truths to be self-evident, that all men were created equal and have unalienable rights given to them by their creator. This is supposed to be a God country, but watch this. We have an overwhelming amount of people who the most most increasing and growing belief system is atheism. We have kids in our church families that don't believe in God. And and please excuse me, I hope I don't sound rude, but I get it. I get people not believing in God when so-called God people... Church people who are supposed to follow God do everything that looks opposite of God. How can you expect somebody to believe in somebody they cannot see when the people who claim they know this invisible person act like they don't even know who this God of love is? It's strange. And so now we have people who don't believe in God. Anybody know anybody like that right now? And what I'm saying is, is why is it that God is getting the blame for all the negative stuff? We saw catastrophe in Katrina, and we saw catastrophe with the economic crisis, and people are wondering, where is God? How come he didn't come through for me? Where are the blessings that he promised for me? Why is my family falling apart? But I got something to tell you tonight. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, get ready. Uh, Look at your other neighbor and say, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Here it is. Here it is. Could it be that there's somebody else out there who we possibly might kind of want to, if we would possibly consider, give the blame to? It almost seems like we are making God out to be Satan. There was a poll done by... Uh, Fox News of Americans, and I think like 90% of Americans believe in God. Watch this though. 60% of them believe in the devil. And of the 60% that believe in the devil, they don't actually think that the devil is a person. They think he is a symbol of evil. Can I break that down for you? What that basically means is most people don't really believe practically that there exists of some kind of evil person called a devil. They don't. They assign that all the evil that happens in our world belongs to God. And that evil really is people. Don't get me wrong. How many know there's some evil people out there? Come on, say amen. (laughs) And you're one of them, aren't you? Come on, tell the truth. Every now and then, every now and then, all of us got a little evil in us, amen? Amen. Oh, y'all don't nobody said amen. When I said there are evil people out there, I got a lot of amens. But when I said you're evil, you didn't to amens. How many know you can do some evil stuff? Let's just at least be honest here tonight. All right. yeah, 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 yeah. We can be evil. But, but, but I've got something to show you. Part of the reason why you are in a fight, whatever your fight is, is because of what I'm gonna to introduce to you tonight, which is probably the most profound truth that will change the way you see life is that there is not just a fight here, there's a fight you can't see. Are you ready? All right. Ephesians 6 gives us some help with this, and I want you to to follow along. If you have this sheet in your hand, there are blanks on it. You'll see page one. And anytime you see a word on the screen that is underlined, you need to write that corresponding word down in the blank on your sheet of paper. I'll let you know when we get there. Ephesians 6 gives us a hint as to where we're going. Everybody help me read tonight. The Bible says, finally, come on, read with me. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle, now let me pause here. The word struggle literally means for our fight. Somebody say fight. Anybody in a fight? All right. For our fight or our struggle, now watch this, is not against flesh and blood, but against against the rulers, against the authorities, against the, uh uh-huh, of this dark, and against the, I can't hear anybody talking to me, of, in the, all right, so let me break that down for you. Basically, if your fight is not against flesh and blood, other than flesh and blood, there's got to be something greater than that. What the Bible is saying, translation, is that your fight is not against people you can see. Wow! Wow! I just, I just took away your enemy from you. All this time you thought it was your kids. All this time you thought it was your ex-husband. All this time you thought it was your boss. Understand, I'm trying to put this thing into perspective. Whatever you're going through on earth that you can see, is really not the fight that you're fighting. The fight you're fighting is something that you cannot see because it's not against flesh and blood. Now, turn to somebody and say it's not against flesh and blood. We're helping each other tonight. All right. Now, who is it? Verse 13. Therefore, put on the armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, any evil days ever come to anybody in here? And guess what? And, and, and if I were you, I'd pay attention tonight because what I'm going to tell you is going to help you from some, for, for some evil days that will come that you don't even know are coming. So this is a preparation word. So that when an evil day comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, you've got to keep on standing, all right? Now, 2 Corinthians 10 gives us more insight on this. This is 2 Corinthians 10. What book did I say, everybody? 2 Corinthians 10, and these are all taken from the New International Version of the Bible. I simply chose the New International Version because I think it's easy for young and old to understand. The Bible says, for though we live in the, we do not wage as the, all right? So we're in a war, but we don't fight this thing like everybody else. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish what, everybody? arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against what? All right, can I explain that real quick? Understand this. So just in short, here we go to Cliff Notes version. The war we're fighting is a war to take out the knowledge of God. Can I help you out? There's no human being alive that can take away the knowledge of God from you. There is no principality or power that can take away the knowledge of God. But check this out. There are influences. Somebody say influences. There are influences that can get in your head. Oh, everybody just touch this cranium that you got right here. The war that you are fighting is right here. It's a war. Oh, God, help me tonight. Help help them to understand this. It's a war to simply affect how you see God. That's why people are mad at God. They're mad at God because there's an unseen enemy that wants you to be mad at the wrong person. First Timothy six, and I like this. Notice how the Bible describes what the fight is. And I promise you, I ain't told you nothing yet. Buckle your seatbelts. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 6, it says, fight the good fight of what? Yeah. Really? I thought the fight was a fight where I can go upside somebody's head for lying on me. I thought the fight was a fight that <laughs> I had to deal with this sorry boss that I have and these kids that I have. No, the fight of your life is a fight For your faith. Everybody repeat after me. The fight. Fight. Come on now, everybody. The fight fight of my life life is a fight for my faith. Oh, try it again. The fight fight of my life is a fight for my faith. faith. How many know that I'm telling the truth on that? Now I'm going to help you out some more. Here it goes. The first fight, work with me now, the first fight, now I like this, you know, <laughs> I'm going to try to play with this a little bit, I don't know nothing about boxing, but I like the idea. The first fight started every other fight. Uh, have you ever been in a fight before? <laughs> I'm sorry, I, mean, I know you're here in church, but any honest people in here, been in a fight before? All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever noticed that one fight always precipitates another fight? And sometimes you get involved in another fight that you really had nothing to do with. But because there are people involved in the first fight that you're uh, friends with uh, in, in love with or family with, then you feel like you ought to get in the fight. I've even seen people who are in fights with people and they don't even know why they're fighting. They are just simply fighting because, uh, well, somebody started a fight. It happens every day in our homes, some of us, or in church, some of us are mad at people and we don't even know why. Uh, One fight always precipitates another fight. And watch this now. Oh, and and, and, uh, the fight, oh God help me, the fight you are dealing with right now in your life, whatever it is, and most of it is a fight for your faith. It is a result of a fight that you are not even involved in. Can we do a little history real quick? Watch this. In the book of Revelation. I love this book. The Bible says in Revelation 12. Now check this out, y'all. Now, I heard war in Iraq, war in Afghanistan, war on the streets of Cleveland, war, war in marriage. But a war in heaven. The Bible says, and war broke out where? Really? In heaven? The first war was a war that started where, everybody? Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So understand here now, the Bible is saying that this Michael person, and I'm just going to throw this out here, and I know there are a lot of people who kind of feel one way or another about this. Uh, There is a... a a a, an attempt to make christ jesus christ just like us now he is both god and man but understand he is not a created being jesus christ because he's god come on say amen Amen. Amen. and i know some folk kind of get uncomfortable and say well michael can't be jesus because michael the bible says he's an archangel but now 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 this is just my reason i don't know if there's any angels out there that can beat up the devil The Bible says Michael and his angels fought and kicked out the dragon. Ain't no angel. Sorry for my English. Ain't no angel out there that bad that can defeat the devil. There's only one person I know, and I don't know if you agree, that can defeat the devil. And his name is Jesus. In my studies, I've come to find out that the name Michael is a code name for Jesus that shows Jesus in his war clothes. Anytime you see the word Michael in scripture, you see Michael fighting. And I'm going to tell you right now, there's only one person that can win a fight with his hands tied behind his back and his eyes closed or his hands stretched out on the cross. His head flung back, his his feet nailed. There's only one person I know that can win that kind of fight and it's got to be Jesus. But whoever you think it is, the Bible, the bottom line is that the dragon was kicked out of heaven. The Bible says in verse nine, he was cast to the what? and his angels were cast out with him. So the Bible describes Satan, which I'm giving you some hints as a dragon and they say this dragon was kicked out of heaven because there was war in heaven. Now the word for war in the Bible where it says there was war in heaven, it's the Greek word polemia. Now I know that mean that much to you, but you ever heard of polemics? You ever heard of politics? That's where that word comes from. So the war in heaven was not like a war where, you know, I got run up and, they, you know, like they fighting people and they're shooting lasers. And it looks like some kind of cos- cosmic battle where people are using all kinds of fighting skills and and weapons. No, it was a war of words. All right. All right. I'm going to break down to you what it looks like. Revelation 12:3 says, and another help me now read. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and the bible says and seven diadems on his head the bible says his tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth now revelation is a book of symbolism as a matter of fact mostly everything in revelation is a regurgitation of the old testament and so almost all the language in there will point you back somewhere to the Old Testament. But a dragon in scripture is about to be unveiled and the Bible's going to tell you who it is. Here it goes. The Bible says in verse nine. So the great dragon, look how the Bible tells you about what it means. The Bible's going to define what a dragon is. The Bible says, so the great dragon was what, everybody? Yeah. And who was he? It was that serpent of old. Oh. Ah, hold on now. Serpent. That gives us some clues as to who he might be. Can we go any further? Uh, More clues. The Bible says, called the devil. All right, so I guess we don't need to figure it out anymore. Who is it? It's called the what? And who does what? Who does he deceive? The whole world. Oh, I can't wait to tell you. So the Bible says that the dragon with his tail was able to was able to sweep out a third of the stars. The stars in Revelation, if you'll study in chapter one, it will tell you that stars represents angels. So so check this. The devil was so dis- deceitful that he was able to deceive Angels, these are intelligent beings on a whole nother level. He was able with his words to deceive them to believe against God. Not a God they couldn't see, but the God that they lived in the presence of. Now, I mean, this ain't in my notes and I'll talk about this on Thursday, but I'm I'm, I'm, I'm putting up a a, a pout now. If the devil can deceive angels who live in the presence of God. Do you think for a minute that he might be able to deceive those of us who most people say we can't even use but 10% of our brain? There's a reason why the world is mad at God and it's because there's a dragon that got beat up in heaven and now he's a lame duck. I told church the other night, can I take my time tonight? I was telling church the other night, Uh, I said, it was actually yesterday, one of the worst people you can get in a fight with is somebody who knows they can't beat you. Desperate people are crazy. And they will do whatever they got to do to whoop you. Come on in here, somebody. All right. I'm going to give you an example of that in a minute. So war started Where? Write heaven down. Write that down. War started in heaven. All right? Satan was cast out where? Earth. To the earth. All right? And who kicked his butt? Michael. Michael. Who is who? Jesus. By, the, by the way, the word Michael in the Hebrew means who is like God? It's a question. And so you, anytime you ask a question in heaven, they're like, who is this king of glory? Everybody responds, the Lord's strong and mighty. So we already know who that is. Amen. Now, watch. Now, watch what got Satan kicked out. And what I'm basically trying to tell you tonight is, is the same problem that Satan had in heaven is the same problem he's trying to put in your life. I'm making a connection now between what happened in heaven and what's going on in your life right now or small stuff. Why you can't keep your mouth shut? Why you can't stop cussing? Why you can't stop using drugs? Why you can't stop smoking? Why you can't stop running around on your wife? Why you can't stop uh, 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 abusing your children and, and giving up on life and being hopeless and having no faith? There's a reason why you don't trust God. All right. My God. My now watch this. Can, I, can we get in his head for a minute? Watch this. Let me read this to you. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. Lucifer was Satan's name before the boy went ballistic against God. It says, how you are cut down to the ground. For you, and here it is, this is why he got kicked out. Are y'all ready? Are you ready? For you said in your... uh, Let me just throw this out here. You might want to write this down somewhere. This is not in my notes tonight. But the war is a battle for hearts. Everything that happens in your life first starts in your heart. It says, for you have said in your. Come on now. Said where? So this thing started with Satan in his heart. He says, I will ascend into heaven and I will exalt my throne above the stars of God." God. Wow. So, 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 so let's go further. Watch this now. Here it is. This is his issue. Oh, my goodness. I will be like the most high. Yeah. Let me just pause for a minute. I want you to take a, uh, this week when, as you're watching television and uh, and whatever media. I want you to notice how many shots are taken against people who believe in God. Check your children's music and see how many rappers and musicians Make statements that God is them. Watch preachers who walk around almost taking worship from their membership. I'm telling you right now, Satan's got an agenda and his agenda is this. I want people to think the same way I do that. I think that I know better than God. Ezekiel 28, 12. You're getting ready to under, put something down in a minute. The Bible says, thus says the Lord God. We're still examining Satan's psychology. You were, here he is, what happened to him? How did he get like this? You were the seal of what? Wow, full of what? And perfect in what? You were in Eden, the garden of God. This is language to describe heaven. Every precious stone was your covering. You were the anointed cherub who covers? Oh, my goodness. Can I, can I break that down to you? You know what Satan's previous job was? If you were to look at Satan's resume, you know what had been on Satan's resume? Y'all think you got a nice resume? Talk about overqualified. You know what Satan's job was before he was the devil? Satan's job before he was the devil, he was the highest angel that was created. And he was the one that had direct access to God. There was Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all one. And right beneath them, there was Lucifer. When God wanted to send a message to other angels, God would tell Lucifer and he would send it. And what happened was, is Lucifer was so close to God that he began to think he was God. You walked in the midst of fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were what? Now, check this out. If you created, you can't be God. It's almost like these people that say, I don't believe in God. You say, well, why don't you believe in God? Well, because you can't prove God. can Can I throw something out there to you? If God could be proven, defined, or described, then that means he ain't God. If you can qualify God, scientifically analyze God, then guess what? He ain't God. If God is God, that means he's so above us, so over us. So bigger than us that we cannot understand or quantify him. You know what makes God, God? The fact that you can't understand him. You know what makes God, God? The fact you cannot figure him out. You know what makes God, God? The fact that you cannot control him or manipulate him. He's God and he does not have to answer to people he created. All right. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. So check this out. Satan got jealous. Satan thought he was God. Now here's the problem in our world. Here's the deception. Satan is delighted when people portray him as ugly, red, bat-winged creature that is part man and part beast having split hooves and a long pointed tail or carrying a pitchfork and stoking the fires of hell. How many of y'all seen that devil before? Uh, and, and, you know, on TV, you know, you, you, in your daily life, you got an angel on this side and you got the devil on this side and the devil's telling you, to, uh, can, I, can, I, can I help you out though? Nothing can be further from the truth. Get ready to, get ready to write this word, uh, angel down. Satan, for real, for real, for real, is a fallen angel of light who knows the scriptures and God better than anybody in here. He's deep on a whole nother level. <laughs> he is not to be played with. Now, this is kind of what we, we think. He's just kind of this play thing that just wants us to be bad. He's stoking the hell, flames of hell. No, this is a calculated genius. Can you imagine a genius who was totally devoted to evil all the time. Your molestation, he thought of it. The abuse, it was his idea. And guess what? He's so smart that he made that a generational cycle in like five of your generations. And he knows how to set families up to repeat the same activity over and over again. Genius. But he's a genius gone mad. Amen. What happened next? The Bible says when he got kicked out, woe. You know what woe means? I looked it up, it means woe. <laughs> <laughs> For real. I looked that thing up in the Greek, man, and I was like trying to figure out what the deep explanation of woe was, and the meaning of woe is woe. Like basically, yo, be afraid. Because guess what? <laughs> the devil has come down to you having great wrath, because that he knows his time. He has what, everybody? A short time. Now, many of us are asking the question, why couldn't God just zap the devil? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Why couldn't he just, you know, I've been waiting to do this, so I'm going to do it now. Why couldn't he just punch the devil in the face? Huh? Why couldn't he just knock the devil out, so that we could just enjoy life, and be prosperous, and have no problems and no money issues and no sickness. Why didn't he just beat the devil down in the first place? Can I tell you why? Because he's a deceiver. And there actually are other creations in our universe who have been watching the devil and many of them were not sure as if whether God was right or wrong. Now, 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 now there's really another reason. I'll just do that out there because real love mandates freedom. And freedom creates risk. But love is worth the risk. The same liberty that makes love possible also makes rebellion possible. So write this down. Love does not control and manipulate. I believe that's somewhere. Love does not control and manipulate. It amazes me. Uh, for example, anybody uh, uh, married, married folk out there? Yeah. Um, now, if, 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 if my wife only loves me because I tell her to, Now, can you imagine being married to somebody and when they're in your face, they're all like, hey, baby, how you doing? It's so good. It's, you, want you, you, need you need something to eat? Come on. I, the food is ready. Uh, you, oh, you sick? I'll take care of you. Oh, you need no money? Here you go. And as soon as they leave your presence, they're with this person and they're with that person. But as long as they're around you. Come on, kids, y'all know what I'm talking about. How many kids do that? You know, you're around your parents and, yes, ma'am, yes, sir. And then when you're at school, you're like, blankety, blank the blank, and blank this, and blank that. And people are like, hold on for a minute. And you know what that is? That's not love. You don't have to control love. There are many of us right now trying to control people. You you, you do this, you try to control them with money, you try to manipulate them with, with things. But check this out. I don't know about you, I don't want nobody in my face pretending like they love me simply because of what I can do for them. That ain't love. And notice what God's decision was. God says, after Satan has messed up, I am not going to destroy him because that's going to send a message to everybody that if you mess with God, he's going to zap you. And many of us feel that way about God right now. Love does not control. Satan is a liar. <laughs> And he is the father of lies. And his whole job is to deceive. Notice what the scripture says in 1 Peter 5 8, the Bible says, Be sober, be vigilant. That means be on the watch. Because your adversary, he is not your friend, the walks about like a roaring what? (laughs) Now, you know, I was watching some stuff on, uh, you know, Animal Planet the other day. And man, you know, lions are definitely the king of the jungle. Like I get that, but you know what their strategy is? A lion, a lion—you don't never see a a lion going to attack a gazelle or zebra. Them dudes be hanging out, and they—God, their their fur matches perfectly the azure uh, moss and wreath. and so they hide in stealth so that you cannot see them and when you're least expecting it the enemy pounces not just with one not just with two I saw one little unsuspecting uh, zebra going all by its lonesome out all by itself and I saw like ten lions she lions now by the way (laughs) y'all anybody that's ever watched Planet uh, you know uh, Animal Planet them dudes don't go out and do no hunting I mean, you, now they got the wrong guy up here on this picture here. He's the one with the mane. That's the guy. The guy doesn't hunt. It's the women that hunt. <laughs> I'm going to leave that alone. Come on, say amen. Oh, so we're going to have an all-dude crowd next time. Huh? And so he's, his whole thing is deception. And, notice, and notice, notice how far he takes his deception. Somebody shout deception. No, 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 no. Everybody just put your hand straight up in the air and say, he seeks to Deceive. He's a deceiver. A A liar. liar. He's a deceiver. A A liar. liar. All right, put your hands down now. Now, you got to know that. Stop always looking for the devil in like, like Anthony Sowell. (laughs) The devil doesn't just show up with the mafia. The devil is not Osama bin Laden. Ah. He's not like a ghost. He's smarter than that. And the Bible says, it's so smart that the Bible says, and no wonder for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. So anytime, everybody stay with me. Anytime Satan shows up, he always shows up as a good person. He always acts like he means you well. Open your eyes, y'all. That's why you got to know God. Because without God, there's no way in the world that you can avoid the deceptions of Satan. That's right. That's right. Now, check this out. Now, some of y'all remember this. <laughs> Man, those lions do not fight fair. Yeah. When, when you get a chance, go in YouTube. When you get a chance, you put, on, put into YouTube the Battle of Kruger. Some of you have seen this. This lion, <laughs> let me tell you this real quick. There was a, there was a, a pack of lions that went to attack a buffalo. A, 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 what do you call it? It would be a calf because it was, it was a baby buffalo, right? So, I mean, we're, me and my wife are watching this, and it's right by a river called Kruger, Kruger and all these lions, a pack of them, they, they have got a hold of this small calf, and the calf is done for. We say, you know, you've seen this before. You already know what's going to happen here. It's finished. It's over for. And, you, and then as the lions were pouncing on them, the, the lions went for the juggler. The, 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 the teeth were wrapped totally around the neck. And then they began to push it towards the river. As it got towards the river, then there was a crocodile that came out of the river and started trying to pull the, uh, the, 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 the buffalo into the river. So there were two different breeds of animals trying to attack. That's not a fair fight. Come on in here, somebody. And then, you gotta see this, then out of nowhere, like 200 buffalo, <laughs> I'm serious. It's called the Battle of Kruger, it's real life. Like 200 buffalo came out of nowhere and they surrounded the lions and the crocodile. I have never seen this in my life. And, and I going to begin to understand something. The, the buffalo came and basically they rescued the calf. The calf lived. And I saw lions running from Buffalo. And you know what? I realized something about the devil. The devil's just like a lion. Lions don't fight fair. Lions operate on deception. But if you go one-on-one and put the right one against a lion, the lion will go down every time. But the problem is too many of you are trying to fight the devil, the lion, by yourselves. Well, the Bible says there's another lion out there. And Revelation says he is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Hey, listen, let it be a fair fight. It's not a fair fight when it's just you. But if you put Jesus in the ring against the enemy, it's over for him every time. Now, so, so I'm looking at uh, that fight in 1997. And, hey, man, your boy, Mike Tyson, was getting his behind whipped Evan this is the second time Evander Holyfield was beating his behind. Forgive me, y'all, but I was— loved. that's when I liked boxing, and I loved the Holyfield. And the Holyfield was working over the bully, Mike Tyson, and Mike Tyson got mad in the fight. And and you see there, wow, they're up close, and he's giving jabs. Mike Tyson couldn't take getting whooped on national television. So he opened his mouth and he bit a chunk of Evander Holyfield's ear off. He didn't do this once, Carl. He did it twice in the fight. They had to call the fight. And I got news for you today. The devil is not fighting fair in your life. Tell me I'm telling the truth. He's not fighting fair. He's messing with you. He's messing with your children. He's messing with your money. And he's doing it all at the same time. If it's not your health, it's your strength. If it's not your faith, it's your marriage. If it's not your marriage, it's somebody lying on you. If it's not somebody that's your job, he does not fight fair. Amen. 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 what is his motivation? He doesn't Please hear me. He, he this is a, this is all he's trying to do. A lot of times people think the devil trying to kill me. He don't change trying to kill you. The devil is not trying to kill you. You know why? Because you're not a threat to him. You do more good alive than dead for him. You know what his strategy is? He simply just doesn't want you to trust God's love or his word. Period. It amazes me. People just think they're just the greatest threat to the devil. Uh, the devil is trying to kill me. Pray for me, y'all. He after me. No, he's not. He's after your faith. And if you have no faith, that will destroy you. He wants you to disobey the word of God. He knows that'll take you out. can Can I show something with you real quick? The devil cannot kill you unless God gives him permission. The devil cannot even bother your money unless God gives him permission. The devil is like a pit bull on a leash from his master, and God allows him to do so much as that it will allow us to fall down in the ring of life so that we can look up and call for help. I remember in wrestling, I'm sorry, now this is boxing and wrestling, but I used to love wrestling back in the day, and I used to think it was real too, and some of y'all do. It's not real. And man, I remember Jimmy Superfly Snuggler. Y'all don't know who that is. Huh? Macho man Randy Savage. And these guys would be in the ring and and, and Hulk Hogan and they'd be and they'd be wrestling DDTing, and and, and all kinds of stuff. And, and it amazes me how you know, they would act so well. One of the guys would be getting beat and, and, and he's getting worked over in the ring and, and he's all by himself. And then he would just reach, he would just reach toward, he would reach toward the ropes, and he would pull back and, and he would reach for and then he would tag his buddy. And then his buddy would jump in the ring. And his buddy would rescue him. And that's what God wants to do. He wants you to work your faith not in you but in your God so that God can come and deliver you. I'm almost done. Can we expose how Satan works real quick? Now I want every young person in here to listen to me right now. This is generally, this is generally, let me me tell you this now. The biggest lie that the devil ever told was that he doesn't exist. I'm telling you, hear me on this. This is the most important message you can hear the whole time. I ain't saying that. That's not preacher talk. What I'm about to do right now, I need the prayers of the saints. I'm about to expose how the devil works. And I'm going to tell you right now, these are not fear tactics. Every time I teach this message, there is an attack against me by the enemy because he does not want people to see him. Are you ready? How does he go after God in us? First thing he does, write this down. He disguises himself. He never presents himself as evil. Did you hear what I said? It's always a good thing, a pleasurable thing, a way out from your misery. He disguises himself. Look what the scripture says. The Bible says, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. So the, se- the devil possessed a serpent. Now, for us, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> If I'm Eve, the way I know it, a snake, I wouldn't even been over there. Come on, say amen. Come on, city people. City folk, talk to me in here. I mean, you guys are afraid of mosquitoes. So you know you ain't spend no time down south, where you just swat those things and keep it moving. I've seen city people that, that drive caref- that drive without fear in dangerous neighborhoods where there's gunfire, afraid of mosquito. Now, y'all know y'all are afraid of snakes. Come on in here, somebody. So I'm like, I wouldn't even be near a snake. But you have to understand, initially, when God created all creation, a snake was not an evil thing. And there's scientific research that shows if you examine the physical, the the physical musculature of of a serpent, you will see that there once were wings. I've heard some Bible scholars say that a serpent was actually the most beautiful creature in all of creation. So there's a reason why she was entranced, because there was a talking serpent. He disguised himself. The second thing he does is he downloads doubts. And I want you to apply this to your life right now about what God said. Watch this now. Now the serpent, come on everybody read, was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Watch what he says. Did God really say? That's all you need to know right there. He is essentially putting in her mind the idea that she's never had before, that God might be lying. That God may not love you that there might be something wrong with what God said to you. Watch this. The third strategy. To deceive you. So he first puts doubts in your mind. Come on, honestly. Anybody ever been there? I mean, you just... I mean, if you've got straight up faith, then you should be translated. In other words, you should be in heaven right now. Most of us doubt God on little stuff. There are people who don't come to church... Because the devil is planted in their mind that they're unworthy, that they're so bad that God doesn't want to see them. Can I, can I break something down to you real quick? That another preacher may not even tell you. OK, can I tell you something like God is everywhere and like the same God that's in here right now is at your house when you stay staying home. So so can I throw something out to you? You really are not running from him. You're just not trusting him. Amen. Amen. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. And then here goes this devil putting those, putting those little, de- little deceptive thoughts. And, uh, now, this does not even make sense. You will not surely die. You will not, cert- well, what, I mean, I'm gonna die or not die? <laughs> what do you mean you will not certainly die? Either one person, either a person dies or they live. But you see how he's getting in her head? And notice what he says now. Now he's really, he's really going for it now. For God knows, now he's asserting that God knows That when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now, let me tell you what he's really doing now. Now he's saying God don't want you to be happy and God doesn't really love you. God doesn't really care for you, because if he did, he wouldn't withhold this information from you. That if you eat from this piece of fruit, that you'll be as wise as him. Now, can I bring it down to our street right now? The devil first, he disguises himself, he implants doubts, then he deceives, and then he starts making us start to question whether even God loves us. The devil's doing that. Strategy number four. Then he distracts you. Can I show you how? Almost done. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. Hold on. Did y'all see that? Now, let me just paint this picture for you. God had created for them a whole big old garden of Eden. They had thousands of trees. As a matter of fact, the Bible says they actually had a tree of life. Now Satan has got her preoccupied with one tree. One tree. She's distracted. She's not thinking about her husband. She's not thinking about God. She's not thinking about all the other stuff. And isn't that like the devil? The devil's always trying to make us feel that we don't have stuff. He's always trying to make us feel inadequate. He's always trying to make us feel like we don't have enough. Can I serve you notice tonight that everything you need in order to serve the Lord, you have that right now. Everything you need to be happy, you have it now. Everything you need to have to have a a sound mind, you have it now. You don't need no more money for real. You don't. I know people with money who don't have love, who don't have joy, who don't have peace, who don't have a sound mind. But he tries to preoccupy you with what you don't have. Strategy number five. And then when he does that, he gives you a wrong desire. That's it. Bible says when the woman saw the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom. She took some and she ate it. Sixth strategy. Then he wants you to deliver your lack of trust in God to somebody else. Bible says she also gave some to her husband. You know why we have generations of people and families who don't trust God and kids that are not interested in church? Because listen, come on, can I tell you something? Listen, parents, you can't come to church and get excited about God and not be excited about God at home. The TV can't dominate your home and then you come here and act holy. Hello, somebody. (laughs) He wants you to transfer your lack of hunger for God. Your lack of trust in God to as many people as possible. And one of the best ways to do that is to be a complainer. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, life, and I'm just up against the ropes in life. And, man, life is hard. And, and pastor, if you only understood what I was going through, then, then you would be a little bit more understanding and preaching these sermons to me about what I need to get right with God, what God need to answer some stuff for me. He needs to take care of me. Well, guess what? The only reason why you ain't dead is because God was there. You remember when you was high and you almost overdosed? Why didn't you? Because God was there. Remember that time when you got arrested and went to prison and got out early? How was it that got you out? Come on in here. Yeah, you broke, but you broke in America. Even while you're broke, you can be on welfare and get something to eat. You could have been broke in Sudan. Don't tell me that God didn't take care of you. And what is the result? Here's the result. The result is, and I'm ending here, he does all of that. Why does he put doubts in our mind? Why does he get us to distrust God? Why does, why does he want to deceive us? Why does he want us to start, start thinking that God doesn't love us? Because he wants you to dodge God. That's, right. That's it. He wants you to run. That's it. That's the, the Bible says, so they sow fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Now watch this. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God. Normally, when they would hear the sound, they'd look for God. The Bible says now they hid from God. I'm done. I got to tell you a story. If Satan can keep you from knowing what God said about you and what God said in his word, or better yet, to actually not trust what God said, said about you, in terms of taking care of you, he's got you. Hmm. There's a story about the Japanese-Chinese war. And at that particular time, this was around World War I, I believe, said that the Japanese were getting destroyed by the Chinese. The Chinese had superior weaponry, particularly what they had that the Japanese didn't have. They had tanks. (laughs) And it says that for a period of time, the Japanese were at a place where it looks like they were totally done. Well, (laughs) story says that the Japanese figured out something. Said we cannot beat them because they're covered in these tanks. So what they did is they put snipers up in trees so that the tanks couldn't see them. Now check this out. And they would randomly fire at the tanks, not to hit the tanks, but just to scare them. So it'd be something like this. And people in the tanks would be like, but they wouldn't come out. And then they wait another 15 minutes, an hour, two hours, a day, and they fire again. And these guys in the tank started getting restless, trying to figure out, where is it coming from? Everybody ever felt like that before? Where is this coming from? And then they would just unload, and they would not hit And eventually, these men that were driving the tanks finally decided, I need to lift the hatch and look out and see where it's coming from. Well, you know what happened next. You know now that the Japanese won because they are still not under the control of China. And you know how they won? Because they lured the drivers of those tanks out of the tanks and began to pick them off one by one. And, it, and I was like, oh my goodness, come on, Michelle. I was like, oh my goodness, I get it. That's the devil's strategy. He wants you to come out of the covering of God. He wants you to come out of the safety of God's word. He wants you to come out of the trust of God in faith and expose yourself by yourself to the attacks of the enemy. He wants you by yourself. He doesn't want you fighting God, fighting the the enemy with God. He wants you doing it on your own. And that's all I want to say tonight. There are some of us who have allowed the enemy. Yeah, you may go to church but you're out there fighting the enemy and you got no business doing that. You need to let the Lord fight your battles. There's a text of scripture that says, this battle is not yours. (laughs) It is the Lord's. I have one one request tonight. Do you realize that you need to trust God more? I asked you a question. Do Do you think that you ought to trust God more? I want to pray for you and I want my church to pray for you whatever you're going through I want you to take that card out and at the bottom that card it says by the grace of God I want to trust God with my life if you agree with that I want you to circle that I want you to just circle it where your name is we want to pray for you because it's constantly a fight for your faith every minute the devil is trying to take your faith but by the grace of God how many by the grace of God want to stay in the tank How many want to be covered by God? I want you, please, just circle that. Say, by the grace of God, I want to trust God with my life. Make sure your name is there because tonight we're going to pray for you. And then there's some of you might need to come back to God. You need to give yourself to God. Say, I need to be baptized. I, I have walked away from God. I need to come back to God. And pastor, everything you taught tonight was my life story. The enemy came in and he blinded me, deceived me. And I was exposed and I hid from God. And I need to come back to God. It may be through baptism. You might need Bible studies. But you need your faith restored. Whatever your desire is. I want more faith. I want to trust Him more. Or I want to do that through Bible study. I want it through baptism. Or pastor, I'm I'm cool in those areas. But I just need more trust Then circle. I want to trust God with my life. Take a moment to do that now. Take a moment to do that now. And then on the back of that card, you might...